0: Next water polo podcast, I'm James Smith in Austin, and Joe Linehan is, you're in San Antonio.
1: I am not in San Antonio right now. I am recording this in North Texas right now. That's right. I know. I think we just actually talked about that, and I forgot. It's okay.
0: Yeah. Up there to do some more water polo-related stuff.
1: Yeah, the Lone Star little club that I do, um, the little developmental club, they are starting their fall program.
0: Nice. Very nice. Okay.
1: So I'm just up here to get them started, and then they'll take it from here. Yeah.
0: I actually just got finished writing a, um, a, a a a news item for my club, which is basically like we're you know there's a, a bunch of events coming up, and um, so you and I are going to talk about the same thing. One of the most important uh, you know events in the last couple of months is that uh, it sounds like Aquatex and Zilla will be hosting what would you name it the Central Texas Showdown on uh, October 10 and 11 USA Is...
1: Waterpolo will be hosting it
0: well we we have to co-host you're going to be the, the local city host. standpoint there the local you go host you're going to be the local host, host. so
1: it. i'm going to be running the event it's going to yeah. be called the Central Texas Showdown right. and i just was trying to be different with the name <laughs> and uh, but yeah it's we're going to try to have an event here in early October but can you uh, imagine and right now it's scheduled for October 3rd and 4th as of this taping um, we might need to make a couple changes here or there, but I did send out an email at the end of last week and there's been a tremendous response. I'll so bet. a lot, a lot of people are just very excited about that. The I kind of, there's a, that there's an event happening. Um, and uh, I mean, everybody's like, Oh yeah, we're definitely sending teams. I'm like, but y'all aren't practicing yet. So are you going <laughs> to be able matter. to send teams? Yeah. So, um, but like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's I guess it's a bigger step this year than it has in other years from, Oh, we're sending teams to then they go get athletes and they have to pay the entry fee. Right. Cause right. you have to pay the entry fee. that's, that is you entering. So.
0: Yeah. Um, good news because the, 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 what really was one of the hurdles to overcome was this idea of physical contact. And so at least that these two facilities, that's uh, that's going to be allowed. And there's obviously going to be restrictions on, as everybody knows like how to enter the facility and so on but once that was out of the way then it was pretty easy it seems to me for you to proceed with that how did you decide to come about uh, you know hosting this
1: well i just think that i mean obviously i think that there's a there's a there, there's a need for competitions everybody drives by the park and they see the baseball players and the softball players so That's i've been right. getting lots and lots of questions about why are we not playing water pool? You know, you got this, you got this playing. I'm like, okay, well, you know, pools are a little bit different than a field, and there's a lot more fields out there than pools. And, um, you know, we just, I mean, and I think I've told this before on the podcast, there's 89% of our competitions and practices are in school district pools, and, the, right. and they're not really allowing contact as of right now, which is fine. Um, so we have to find some pools that are allowing contact. So, like, you know, and I know that, you know, your pool in... Round Rock and, uh, uh, was it, and the Zilla pool in Cedar park are allowing contact, mm-hmm. or I guess the clubs are going to start allowing contact here soon. So, um, like if those pools were a few miles South in a different County, we probably wouldn't be able to have this company, yeah, this competition. That is correct. So, I mean, so depending on, I mean, it's very specific. You need the proper, like almost a perfect storm of, of, of things to go right. So, and we're still working on, we're still working through some of those, yeah, those details and all the information is going to get out to the teams here by the end of this week. And then hopefully we get, and I mean, we're only going to be able to have about 16 to 20 total teams here in this tournament. So it's not like we're going to have this huge, like uh, a, like a hundred team tournament. We're only going to have two courses, but it's a start. It's a start. I wanted to have something. And I don't know if another club was going to step up and do a tournament anytime soon. so No,
0: we weren't. (laughs) Even though I might have one of the only pools that could do something like this. But um, by the way, the physical contact rules for my pool only apply to select events. So, for example, this tournament is going to follow on some rules we put in place for the upcoming ODP clinic. Uh, But in general, we're still scrimmaging without any contact or practicing without it, that includes masters. But for the sake of a tournament like this, there's an extra waiver. You're going to enter, you know, getting a, a, a temperature check. Um, given all of that, then, uh, you know, we were able to host, which is good.
1: Yeah. We're basically taking like both pools and both facilities are run by different cities and they have their own criteria. So we're taking the hardest criteria from both pools, and making that's going to be our tournament criteria. Smash them together. So I mean, we're going to do for just the general kind of safety guidelines. Um. Um. And this is going to be sent out with all the tournament kind of info here later this week. But, um, you know, you're, there's there's going to be a, a temperature check. There's going to be, um, you know, obviously the social distancing for. For. All the teams and spectators and coaches, coaches are going to have to use masks on, on, like, yeah. uh, uh, unless they're within six feet of, like, unless they're within, they're away, like kind of six feet away from somebody. The refs as well, the refs don't have to wear a mask. It's going to be optional for them to wear a mask while they're refereeing. But the table workers are, are going to have to wear masks. We're going to have the benches away from the stands. We're going to have the benches with the chairs kind of spread out a little bit. You know, there's not going to be a sharing of the warm up kind of area. You know, because and then teams are not going to be able to warm up during each quarter so there and then so we're gonna have to be able to allot time so if we used to be able to kind of just kind of jam in games on the on like you know four or five minutes on a 45 minute time frame now we're now we're gonna have to do the like the four or five minute quarters on an hour time frame to allow the next team to come in and yeah and warm up a little bit in yeah kind of in the pool the good thing about the two facilities are there there's a lot of area at both places yeah So we can have like a little ready bench type area for the next team that's about to play. Yeah, Um, We're probably going to limit it to two parents or two spectators per athlete. So therefore, you know, like if a team has 10 kids, then they're limited to 10 total fans in the stands. So, and everybody's going to have to keep their social distancing and we're going to have, you know, the safety police at both places, (laughs) Yeah, you know, Um, and uh, I'm sure this is the first tournament. So I'm sure everybody's going to be on the best behavior. It's going to be the second or third tournament where people are going to start getting a little impatient with some of the rules, but, uh, you know, this is the first step and yeah. we're hoping that other people are going to start ho- or are going to start have like kind of having tournaments here in late October and definitely in November and December. So, yeah.
0: you know, you and I have talked about this before. Um, it's been pr- almost stunning how, um, a- agreeable parents have been about the rules that we've had to put in place I mean they completely understand it and so you know I'm not looking forward to the point where they uh, come back and are unsatisfied with what's going on but for right now if we tell them all the rules that you just uh, that you just shared then they're not going to have a problem with it they're so excited to be back in the pool
1: yeah it's just it's just it's just communicate and I mean for example the 14s of 12s are going to be in Cedar Park at the Elizabeth Milburn park pool and that's a shallow deep facility you know so there's going to be one end is going to be a little bit shallower than the other end um at your pool it's going to be all deep so that's so that's why we're putting the older kids there everybody knows the rules before they get to the pool they're not going to be shocked by anything right so and um and teams are gonna have to kind of take a look at the safety guidelines and parents are gonna have to take a look at the safety guidelines and say hey this is this is something that we want to do or not do right do we want to participate and we're going to try to and we're at first we're going to limit it to one team per division per club yes just to allow everybody the opportunity to enter makes total sense i know there's a couple bigger clubs out there they're like oh i want to enter 10 teams per division but like you know we gotta we gotta to try to give it a chance to kind of everybody and we might be able to increase that or have some extra slots here or there so um but you know I mean, please everybody be patient. You know, we are, we're not, we might like, not everybody's going to probably be able to play in this tournament that wants to, because we are going to be limited for space and time.
0: Which clubs are you talking about, Joe? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Um, yeah, good. Anything else about this? Because we have a couple other items that we'll come back with
1: otherwise. No, no. I mean, it's just, I mean, again, just, uh, this is just our first little kind of, we're dipping our big toe in the water to see, kind of how it works and just everybody please be patient as we work through and you know and hopefully we can make this all work and this is going to be a team effort between obviously zilla aquatex usa water polo um but also all the teams that are going to be going to be participating because we want this to work yeah because if this works then we can have other tournaments then if those other tournaments work then we could have a high school season
0: yeah, that you is know. the key, isn't so, it? You know, I never. Re- it's not that I didn't ever think about it, but you reminding me that this is really the test case for the spring. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be fun. It is gonna be fun, and the water's nice, by the way. Cooled off quite a bit with the rain, just to let you know. It's you know how soupy these pools, the outdoor pools, get during the summer. So it, that is recovered. It's good, good position. Um, okay, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit of ODP because there's news related to that. There's a meeting with Tisco coming up and then more stuff in general about clubs reopening and a conversation with uh, Colby Thames of the Southside Honey Badgers when we come back.
2: All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State.
0: Hey, this is Max Irving from the U.S. Men's Senior National Team. And to get all things Texas water polo, I'm listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. James and Joe back with you and uh, a couple of other items to talk about. First of all, ODP is now, uh, the registration is open for the first clinic in Central Texas, and it will be again at my home pool in Round Rock. Um, and it's, we, in order to accommodate all of the athletes that we typically expect for the Central Texas camp, we had to split the sessions in half. So Saturday, September 26th, uh, is when the girls will be playing or yeah, their clinic will take place, and then uh, the next day, the boys in the morning will, will he- head out to the pool, um, and once again, the rules are now out there published as to what's required for those who show up, for those who are involved, but it is a full contact uh, clinic, so that means they be going to be scrimmaging uh, in the sort of traditional sense, so um, I'm actually really excited about it. I'm obviously Proud of being able to host it at our little pool. It would be nice to have done it in a big 50 meter pool and so on. But that would just wasn't in the cards
1: for this. But uh, you got to adjust and adapt, James. Adjust and adapt. Yeah, exactly. Well, just you're the sure. key to that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like the registration is open for those now, correct? It is
0: open okay. and that is published uh, publicized on... Our website, which is odpswz.wordpress.com, and so that we just put that out there the other day.
1: Yeah, and uh, was it um, yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. I mean, this is one of the first ODP camps that are out there. I, I don't think it's the first one, but it's one of the. It's going to be one of the first like kind of kind of handful, and uh, and it's going to be fun to have just to get the kids out there. And I believe you guys are eliminating it to the first fifty that sign up, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, there we first have fifty a-
1: boys. 50 girls
0: per session. Right. So 50 athletes per session. That's a part of the registration process. So I'm looking forward to see who fills that out. Uh, but that's a, uh, that was an agreement between my club and USA water polo in order to sort of keep things sane. But, you know, a normal camp, a normal clinic, let's say we did at UT a year ago, then the limit would be a hundred. So there's not any real change about that except, uh, for each individual session.
1: Yeah. And then, so what are the prices for it to me? Four hours on Saturday, four hours on Sunday, a
0: hundred bucks, 100 bucks which is
1: less than what it was last year. Right? Much
0: less. Actually, that was surprising. That came out of USA water polo that it's a lot less, but, uh, you know, for reasons that are pretty obvious.
1: And then you and I are going to also going to be doing a little bit of a, uh, kind of a zoom meeting prior. We have to do it in the sense that
0: uh, we're going to combine in a certain way. Like I need to have a meeting with the parents, which I do traditionally in person in the stands. That used to be what you did before uh, I took over for you or you handed me the job. But uh, it's it's basically to go over the things that are going to take place during the course of the season. The And we have some new selection criteria and other things that we want to cover specifically about this crazy COVID season. Season That's, you know, we've never had experience before. So I cover that and then we'll follow it with a town hall and you will take
1: over and talk about how many things? An ODP town hall. It's going to be ODP specific and we're probably just going to answer some questions, kind of how ODP kind of fits in with the Southwest zone. And, you know, the like the opportunities that ODP yeah, presents, as well as get some parents on there to have a little bit of a QA and a back and forth. And it's going to be a good opportunity to, uh, to, to educate the parents kind of a, a little bit about the whole ODP process. And we're going to try to do this before each ODP yes. camp this fall.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that we've had so many parents who have become very active in trying to figure out how to continuously improve the odp program and so some of the things that we're gonna it's not even announcing but it's just basically reiterating that we have these different selection criteria are based on feedback from coaches, from parents, and, uh, a lot of other people. So, um, it's a, a, it's a fluid situation in the best sense. Like we, we are, you use the word adapt. That's what we're trying to do season by season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a, a, a lot of fun. And, you know, I think just the biggest thing as far as the adaption is just, you know, trying to find a new place in Houston for right now. Right
0: yep so Houston there's a it, on the calendar it just says that the camp that was uh, supposed to take place on October 18 is canceled And I should probably revise that to say that we're looking for other options but that facility that we had originally booked uh, backed out and I don't mean that in a bad way they, they simply are not having any events this fall at Cy Fair, And so we're looking for some other options and I, f- I'm hopeful like Joe and I were talking about this off the air and there's some other options out there. Um, But within hopefully then by the end of September, I would think that we would have a solution.
1: Yeah, hopefully like by the end of next week. Hopefully by next week. And uh, and then there's also, you know, once we get that kind of settled, then we're hopefully going to have an ODP camp down in the valley, right?
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting stuff. So my colleague Jonathan Landero, who's the coach down there, uh, has been looking into making arrangements for a very open and inexpensive uh, clinic for, uh, geez, anyone who's close to the valley, which is where water polo is really blowing up, and it's fantastic. Um, But I know that they are eager to have people come in and uh, who may have had a little more experience with the sport and uh, and trying to share that with the athletes down
1: there. And all those details are gonna be coming out soon, so.
0: Yeah, well, you know better than me. You're the I ODP spoke to Jonathan on, last so. week, but you you have the details. <laughs>
1: no, but uh, no, but it's 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 going to be a, a, a lot of fun. I mean, that's that, and that's one of the places down there in the valley that is kind of growing a lot. Yeah, and huge. Uh, and of course, just we are all working through our various kind of you know our our conditions, our guidelines. So you know, please bear with us and thank you for your patience. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm looking forward to that. I know the I know at least one other coach who's interested in going. I'm not going to say who it is because uh, he or she has not actually made that public. But um, that's a really good opportunity for us to teach and for them to learn as well. So it's really cool. Um, yeah, and
1: to, for learning for coaches at least uh, next week is the TISCA convention. So exciting TISCA Joe. clinic. It's going to be virtual, so it's also going to be um, the TISCA water polo um, uh, like the annual meeting is going to be there as well. And Tisco water is doing a very good job this year. They're like they're they have guy Baker's going to be kind of like their keynote speaker type thing. And he's, and he's going to talk about his, you know, his skills and drills and such. And then there's going to be some local coaches that are also going to be giving some, uh, some smaller clinics, you know Um, I think uh, coach Ty Halford is going to, like, this is what your program is going to look like in fall 2021 with the UIL, with the with the sports and conditioning and the sports specific training during the summer. Um, you have Troy Goddard, yeah, Troy Goddard that, that's going to talk about kind of growing your high school swim team with your water polo group. I think Chris Cullen's going to talk about, you know, this is the basic skills drills for any brand new water polo program. So there's going to be a whole little slate of water polo speakers and it's all via Zoom and you have to be a TISCA member to sign up for the clinic.
0: I didn't realize it was all on zoom. I'm so oblivious. I thought that just somebody like guy was going to participate on zoom. Everything this makes things so much easier. Is on zoom. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Everything. And we should back up because, uh, Guy Baker is not a small name. Like, oh, he no. coached the U.S. women's national team for at least two Olympic cycles. I think Three. it was actually even longer. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and now as a hotshot at La Miranda, one of the really great clubs in California. So, he is a, and, and by the way, he's uh, somebody that a lot of people credit for establishing certain standards for ODP that oh, didn't yeah. exist I mean, before he started with I mean, that.
1: Got, got, and even before he coached the women's national team, he won national championships on. both the men's and women's side at UCLA yeah so I mean he's uh he's one of the greatest coaches in American water polo history um he coached the 2000 2004 and 2008 uh, women's national teams then he stepped aside he also coached the Canadian national team Mm -hmm. um and then he's done a great job as far as you know kind of revitalizing the La Mirinda youth program and uh and it's just thriving up there now he's the technical director there that and la miranda is basically up in the berkeley area so yep. um and uh no but um i've known guy for years and years and i mean he um i mean i was my first time working for usa water polo back in late in the late 2000s um i had i was in charge of the holiday camp right mm-hmm. and then whenever i was leaving usa water polo i was like guy maybe this is something that you need to take over you as in the the national program needs to take this over because is at the olympic training center and then so he was then they took that over and they just took the holiday camp to the next level after that and um and it's just and then also the like it used to be Southwest zone teams and zone teams and then he did make that transition to odp right and the odp teams instead and there is a big difference there and it used to just be a bunch of people that got together and kind of kind of went to a tournament now it's now there's a whole like structure of play it's obviously it's changed over time yeah. but like there's a whole structure of play these are it, there there's a whole terminology there's a whole language and i'll start with guy
0: He produced this massive manual for basically how to manage the ODP process. And that has changed. It's gotten a little more um, loosely organized, I would say. And I don't mean that in a bad way or a good way. It just is. But he's
1: a super organized guy, and he was uh, able to put that uh, stamp on the ODP program. I'd almost say it's more organized now than it was then. Because, I mean, Guy was making that transition from zone teams to ODP. And just nowadays, like, you have – what, almost 100 ODP camps in this country each year?
0: I just mean from a technical and tactical perspective. So you have essentially, if you're a coach, you pick up a manual, or formerly you would pick up a manual, and it would would have your entire clinic laid out for you in a lot of ways. Or here are the techniques and tactics that we're wanted to, to teach during these sessions. And my understanding is and that wasn't necessarily the case before that.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, no, it, it's, yeah, he definitely took it to the next level for sure.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, I, first of all i interviewed with him like i said to you before in 2000 or 2001 because i was uh, applying for the job for uh, development at usa water polo was back in los alamitos and he was uh, the national team coach so uh, but i'd known him before because he was a long beach state guy and that's where i picked up my water polo chops was with beach water polo and he and um Jim Brum and a guy named Everett Uchiyama were the coaches there at the time, but he would sort of pass through on occasion. He was more uh, involved with Long Beach state than he was with beach, but still every once in a while he'd pop in. Yeah. Good coach. Um, Okay, generally speaking, what's going on with any reopening, meaning um, more and more clubs are participating. They're back in the pool doing who knows what because it varies by club, by uh, location, and so on. But is there anything that you want to share or can share about what else is going on in the state since you always have your ear to the ground about
1: this stuff? No, I just think there's there's various programs that are starting. I know I'm starting my uh, developmental club up here this week. There you go. Uh, was it? Um, I think Southside's starting back up. I know they were playing this summer. Then, then their facility shut back down. I think they're starting back up here, which I think you're going to talk to Colby about, right?
0: That's correct. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's just exciting. I think teams are slowly starting. They're just slowly doing more. I think Viper Pigeons are starting with practices here in September as well. So you know, it's just it's just really. I'm happy that you know things are moving in that direction, Yeah. you know? And I mean, sports are gearing up all, like, you know, a- a- around the sports spectrum, you know? And once high school football starts, <laughs> you know, I think that people are going to be doing a lot more contact. As long as there's no peak and there's no huge, like, you know, like case increase for, yeah. like, covid uh, throughout the state so
0: right yeah and he and i colby Thames and i are going to be talking about Parland or Parland and southland in particular because uh south sorry south side in particular because um yes people are getting back in the pool practices is is resuming but the forms that that takes across the entire state are, are you know wildly different let alone if you go look at Twitter feeds from California about the way that they're practicing, it's completely different. So it's going to be interesting to hear from him about how was the decision made by whom to, to allow them to get back in the pool and under what conditions and whether or any of that's applicable to other programs that might be thinking about doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very interesting just to hear from people not only in Texas, but around the country, just everybody has a different story.
0: Yeah, it's a huge story altogether. It's just so weird because you you put it in terms of people are getting back to practice. And that's absolutely true. But in the old days, you would think like, okay, I know what that means. But at this point, we don't really know what it means. Some people are just swimming. Some people are tossing a ball around here and there. But that's that. And then some people have full contact scrimmage. So who knows? So anyway, he's going to fill us in about that right after this.
1: Hey, this is mark lawrence from austin college head coach of the men's and women's warplo programs and home of our kangaroos when i'm interested in uh, what's going on with texas warpo i always listen to tx warplo podcast
0: it's colby thames and it's not uh, it's not thames we had that conversation i was worried in fact <laughs> we uh, joe and i were talking about this this morning and like it, I don't think he has patience for that kind of esoterica, it's important to me to know that I want to pronounce these names correctly. But, uh, Colby is an age group coach and a parent board member at Southside. We wanted to give him a little shout about uh, what's going on with their club because they recently announced getting back in the pool, but that's not it. And you, and so anyway, Colby, thanks for your time.
2: Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks for having
0: me on. Yeah, good. Uh, so, I mean, just to begin, because I gave the very, very brief outline of, uh, of your involvement, tell us all the ways that you touch water polo, and how did that come about?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so I've been involved in, in water polo probably, you know, past eight, nine years or so. And um, really, I mean, you know, it really started with just being a parent. Um, I've got, um, my kids were swimmers, and uh, honestly, you know, back Back in, uh, you know, mid-10s, I guess, or mid-teens, uh, everything Houston to uh, water polo, the West Houston Viper Pigeons. I was actually uh, the, the president of the Summer League swim team here, and uh, Rudy called me up and uh, said, hey, could we give you guys some flyers for water polo? And, you know, we were more than happy to do that, distributed it. And my older son went to, um, you know, started going to the Summer League program. He played one game, and and after the game, the very first thing he said was, "I don't ever want to really swim again. Uh, this is all, this is all I want to do." Uh, so of course, we forced him to swim. After, you know, another two years after that, but um, that really started. You know, um, my, my involvement. Um, I, you know, my younger son, who's now a freshman, we threw him in the pool when he was seven because he was going to be there while we were practicing, and um, you know, we we um, you know, uh, for logistics reasons, made the made the um, uh, commitment to Southside and. Uh, just got really involved uh, there, and and um, and eventually ended up um, uh, taking over the uh, Badger ball program that we have at Southside, which is our version of Splashball. Because right. one of the coaches uh, that was uh, running that moved moved from Houston to Dallas, and they didn't have anybody to do it. Um, and I think if you were to ask the, the you know the the brass at, at Southside why they asked me to do it, it they said well, it kind of goes back to the Welcome to Texas uh, tournament a couple of years ago in San Antonio they said it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and we didn't have any games, you know, two hours before, two hours after. And I was still there by myself watching games. And so they, they're like, yeah, you know, he'll probably, he'll probably put out the effort. So, uh, so, uh, you know, I went from age group coach or, or, you know, splash ball coach to, um, within a couple of tournaments, I was coaching the 16s and the 18s and uh, it has been fun.
0: Yeah, that is fun. Um, you, you, uh, you, you mentioned that um, th- th- you came into coaching in a sort of a roundabout way, actually, and it's right. a, I would say an unusual way because you you never played. Is that right?
2: That's right. No, I, ne- I never played. I've coached a lot of youth sports. You know, when when I was in college, I coached youth soccer, oh, okay. uh, mainly soccer, right? And I did that all um, you know uh, when my kids were a little bit younger, probably about ten seasons worth. So so uh, so I'm familiar with coaching, and I, and I told the Southside guys, look, you know, there's I consider there to be probably three primary you know kind of Factors involved in being able to uh, uh, to to coach kids, you know, one is to be able to motivate them, you know, uh, you know, two is is um, uh, you know to provide a little bit of, of structure, um, and and three is the technical part, and you know, that, that's what I didn't have. Uh, but honestly, starting out with the really young kids, it was what I needed the least. Uh, and 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 USA Water Polo does such a great job of making content available. Um, that I was able to, uh, you know, to kind of come up to speed. And, and uh, you know, and, and honestly, James, and I, I know you know this because I, I would see you on 100 Zoom calls a week, um, the, the, uh, the, the USA Water Polo community, national coaches, and, and some of the top coaches in California, and just such an incredible job of, of making um, learning and, and teaching available over the past six months that I just, look, I just decided I was going to immerse myself in it. So I feel like I've come out with a lot better understanding of the technical nature. Um, and, you know, and I don't know that how else it's going to translate. And all that it really needs that matter is that I can I can uh, be a better coach, to better coach to the kids. Uh, so. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's how I got into it. really.
0: Yeah, the, the, I can just speak from personal experience. Um, I've been around the game for a long time, but I do not at all pretend that I know all, all that's going on in the game. And these last six months have invigorated me more in a way that I never, ever expected. The And uh, again, I, I keep harping on it. My club has been back in the pool since May, so we're super fortunate. And they're in the best shape and best train yeah. that they've ever been. And it's because of all the coaches in Texas that I've been listening to. And obviously the coaches back in California. I know I knew Jack Coker reasonably well before he was doing his uh, sessions and Brian Flax too. And yeah, there's just so much information out there that has been enormously helpful. So I can imagine that it's the same for you and lots of other people too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, one of the things that um, my main task during COVID was uh, to be the, um, to be the chop talk. So we, have run chalk talks. up and really until last week, um, fr- from uh, from you know probably mid March until last week every weekend. Um, and uh, Austin and Oliver and I would run it. I would, you know, Austin would be kind of the you know, I was like the play by play guy, and Austin was, the, was the, um, the color commentary. But I would I would find the video, chop it up, you know, uh, and and you know bring it down to to a, a level that's understandable from a from a 12 year old to a 16 year old. Uh, and, and I would run, I would run those sessions. And, you know, thank God Austin was there to correct me. Cause, <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys who's forgotten more than I'll I'll never know. Right. And, uh, but uh, it, it's, it's been great. And and to your point, um, I, I don't know a lot of these guys, but, but I think that by now, if I would walk up to them at any one of these tournaments, uh, whenever we're able to, I think they would probably recognize me because I was, I was, like I said, I probably spent you know, four and a half to six hours a week, just absorbing. It's been, it's been a really, really great learning experience.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that because uh, you actually have a career. So the (laughs) the fact that you're able to do all of this actually implies that you're, you're very well able to, to manage your time. But I wanted to back up a little bit. Well, first of all, the Rudy that you mentioned earlier is Rudy Thomas. Who's uh, the, the, the the technical name of the club is the West Houston water polo club. I think that's right. And, but everybody knows it's Viper pigeon, everyone. So he, he founded that. Um, and then I wanted to talk about your, you said your oldest son, that's Tyler. And Tyler, Tyler played at Friendswood High School, which had a good run a couple years ago, like a very good run.
2: Yeah, well, no, Ty- Tyler played at, uh, at uh, Dawson High
0: School. Oh, there. you know what? It's listed yeah. incorrectly on the Southside site. Oh, uh, it is listed yeah. incorrectly on Southside. Yeah.
2: It's been that way for two years. He's wa- yeah, He, he wears a
0: Dawson like shirt, but it says Friendswood. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, Daw- yeah, he's been
2: Dawson.
0: So to embarrassingly correct myself, so Dawson is a club that's on the rise. That 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 is a club. Yeah. And this last season being canceled, I know he was no longer there, but uh, this lasting. season Season being canceled for Dawson was not good because they were going to come out of that section to, in in good shape, I suspect. So, but but he did come out of Southside. He's right. now at AM. and M, uh, you wrote a piece a year ago for TX Water Polo about the A and M Club Water Polo team. Um, and their season is also on hiatus and the, so i don't know maybe you could share with us what you know about the status sure. of the a and m club team what are what are its plans if if it has any um, and then maybe even share just a little bit about how Tyler has enjoyed his experience with that with that team and sure. based on what he may or may not tell you because <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> yeah, know these guys, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, I'll I, you know. So there's right. There's three sources of the truth, right? What I know, what he tells me, and what actually is real. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I, I do, well, here's what I know about their their program, and um, you know, is that they are um, not practicing yet, but they will start practicing next week. Um, uh, it's unclear still. I think. Um, well, what what is clear is that they won't be having a traditional fall schedule. Right. Uh, what's not clear is whether they will try to um, accommodate. Uh, a winter schedule, right, where there's a um, uh, uh, you know a shorter shorter time, you know more kind of more concentrated uh, set of tournaments, uh, or whether they will interlace with the with the with the women's team, uh, which uh, which is still set to run in the spring, as most spring sports are still right. kind of you know still yep. kind of scheduled. Um, and um, I actually just talked to Tyler about this yesterday. I, you know, I I said uh, I asked him if they were practicing. He said they'll, they'll be able to start next week. Uh, but they won't um, be able to uh, practice as a collective team like they had in the past, right? Where A&M is a large enough program, they've got an A, B, a, a team, a B team, right. yep. And then additional freshmen that play, that are you know that are just kind of out there learning and playing with them. So they'll have, I believe, they'll have multiple different practices. And I asked him if he you know if he had met any uh, any freshmen or was anybody promising, and he said they haven't even been able to watch them, and, and he's not sure how we know how much time they'll be able to other than the people that uh, the kids that are coaching because you know in the club programs they're, they're self-coached so what happens is that you know they get some some you know seniors fifth year seniors sometimes grad students that have played or on the team and they'll they'll they'll, they'll, uh, they'll coach in fact tyler's one of the one of the two coaches of the women's team uh in the in the spring so um yeah so it's disappointing uh, i think you know he was disappointed um uh, you know, in the in the spring, because the the women didn't get to finish it out, they had a pretty good, pretty strong roster as they usually do. Right. Um. But uh. But uh, the, So, so I, I do think I think all signs point towards the CWPA club uh, uh, having a season. It's just uncertain uh how they'll stagger it and whether it'll be overlaced or uh, I mean, get kind of laced in or or, or in, you know, kind of shorter seasons independent. Right. Um, and- you know, as, as as far as yeah, you know, um. So so I think Tyler's loved it, loved the program. Um, he loved the game. He had a couple of opportunities to play in and, and, you know, East Coast schools and smaller schools. And he just decided he wanted to stay closer to home. And um, it's been great. You know, it's his social uh, circle, his roommates, you know, are, are, are on the team as well. Um, and, and uh, he just uh, continues to um, I am I'm thankful that he's he's so involved and in has found you know, really a lifetime sport um, that that's uh, really become kind of a, a you know, a a tentpole for his social world at A and as well.
0: That is not unusual. I mean, when I first started traveling to Texas in 2010 and I started talking to young water polo players, they would I would observe them and they would be on, say, the UT club team. And I'd say, hey, did you ever consider going out to California or playing on the East Coast? And they would almost uniformly say, not really. I wanted to stay close to home. And, uh, you know, it's a lot cheaper to go to school in the state. And I have mixed feelings about that. I don't know if you even want to comment on that, but the the feelings that are mixed are not that I don't want people to stay in Texas, the state that I've adopted and really love. Um, but, I, you know, from the standpoint of growth, which is high on my mind and has been for a long time, I would want as many Texans to go play at a program right. that's varsity level as possible. It's not to disparage the club level at all. And he's, Apparently having a very good time. So uh, that's a long-winded question for you, but I wonder if you have yeah. any 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 inputs on that.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair point. You know, I, I you know a lot of his teammates from uh, from from uh, Viper Pigeon and, and you know kids that were his peers in his class uh, did go off and play. You know, Will Colzer and Nick Calipan and at Austin College, you know, yeah. good, you know, good friends of his. Kyle Brown's another one that were good you know, good water polo friends that he's he, you know he still he still sees those guys, you know, every, every now and again. And I, I think it really came down to, um, you know, just, uh, just, you know, what he felt was best for him. Uh, you know, Tyler's a pretty good student. Uh, he had a good opportunity, got into the engineering honors program at a So Man, I yeah. think, you know, we just kind of said, look, what do you want to do? What do you want to pursue? And we'll support you. And, and I, I think when it came down to it, um, he was just, you know, he was just pretty comfortable, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, doing it as, you know, playing water polo as a, as a passion, as a, as a hobby. Right, rather than something that that um, that was really more of a of a uh, kind of a full time thing. So, yeah, I think it just comes down to personal preference. I, I agree with you, though, right? I mean, I think from a from a, a growth of the sport and and you know, frankly, growth of the sport in the state to see um, our local kids have those opportunities. Um, you know, I was just reading the other day about Cooper Gatterson you know, from Longhorn going to play at Pacific. I mean, that's 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 great, right? I it's mean, huge. you know, that's a yeah, it's huge, right? And one of the top, you know, they were the runners up in the NCAA last year, right? And so that sort of thing right I think for for people like my younger son and other ones really help them make you know believe that it's possible and they can compete at that level yeah uh, so so uh yeah, I think it comes down to you know what what what's best for the for the kid and, and uh I think for Tyler, he felt like it was you know um he could he could scratch his itch and still uh and, you know, and, and still, uh,
0: still play, and it's worked out for him. Yeah, and he's uh, he's there with like players like Michael Lewandowski, who have made the same choice. I'm a very talented yep. player, but uh, super smart. You know, wanted to do a And M. For it, it wasn't even a question. You know, for some of them, and and uh, I admire that part. I, I just uh, obviously I have that little twitch in my mind that says, you know, what about playing varsity? And Austin college is not a good fit for everybody. And, uh, for, for, especially for, uh, academic reasons, there's just, it's just a different curriculum than you would find elsewhere. So yeah, no, there's no, uh, there's no judgment about it. It's just simply (laughs) how these decisions are made really are just endlessly fascinating to me. And so you, you, uh, just brought up Travis, your younger son. So full disclosure, I've coached him for at least two years for ODP.
2: Yeah, it was three, three years. I think he was on the development team for three
0: years. See, it just it's so long, <laughs> it just strings together, yeah. you know? Like, I, you know, him and his buddies, like I've been around them for so long, I'm sick to death of them. <laughs> so, uh, obviously joking about that. At the end of the last season, the abbreviated season, both he and I, will say, uh, was honored by being selected to the national team selection camp. It's a point of pride for me that I try to not gloat too much about but uh <laughs> one of only seven uh boys from the the southwest zone so uh, a couple questions uh sure. what was his and your reaction to that announcement and uh maybe you could talk about the process of going from theoretically making uh, travel plans for orange county right. to exactly the opposite complete shutdown seasons canceled um, maybe you could a- a address how that that went for you and your family
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, so one, I mean, it's hard to kind of put into words, right? The pride of, of, um, uh, for a kid like Travis, who, you know, and I know you can speak to this as well, James, he, he takes it seriously. He puts everything into it. He's, you know, he keeps himself, uh, comported well and, and, and just works really hard. Right. So it was good to see that, um, that he was, you know, being recognized for all the effort that he had put into it by, um, by national coaches. Um, and, and, uh, and it was something he was uh, motivated by and was, uh, was um, you know trying to, to, to make happen, and so um,
0: okay.
2: you know uh, you know every year when they announce the selection, all, all the you know all the clubs from all around the country, two hundred and some odd you know kids you know that are their age all huddle up and wait for for John Abdu to read the names right, and mm-hmm. and um, unfortunately for us, we're always the last team that's read right <laughs> because we're, a, we're the last ex- alph- yep. yeah, the last alphabetically. Um, but but as soon as he read his name out, you know, I mean, I uh, you know, like I said, it's hard to kind of describe how how prideful and, and just just uh, um, happy for him I was. And I could see that he was that same way too. You know, he and, and, uh, and you know Logan Craft, who his you know they've been playing together since they were seven, and they both they both made it. So that was great. I mean, we right off the bat they were making plans and you know what can we do and what, how you know how can we learn and let's make it happen. And so, um, but I'll tell you that you know that when that happened, right, this was what it was, first of March, right, the yeah. end of February, yep. and so there was already some some understanding that that um, the COVID was was around, right, and was going to be potentially growing. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, it was a little bit of, a of, uh, you know, we, look, we made plans, we, you know, we, we booked everything. He raised the money he had to raise, uh, which is a, a prerequisite for, uh, for fundraising to, to, you know, to go to the camp. And, um, you know, and, and it, it as you said, it kind of happened in stages. It was, def- it was delayed, it was delayed again, and finally it was canceled. So, you know, I think because, um, USA Water polo look, they did everything possible to try to find a, um, you know, in my mind, right, it, to try to find a a solution, a workable solution to, to, have that happen. Um, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the other kids. I feel bad for the girls, right. Who didn't even get to have their tournament. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and um, but by the time we got to, you know, late, late July, I think the riding was, was going to happen because you know, that the, the, um, uh, we hadn't happened yet and things still look bad in California. Uh, so, you know, look, I think he's taken it as a motivator to try to make the, the, the ODP zone team again. And do everything he can to get to get back there and, and really get that sort of uh, that sort of training, uh, you know. And maybe, maybe someday, um, like a couple other Texans have, you know, uh, to have a chance to uh, to be on the uh, on the national team or futures team. You know, if he, it's a, I I keep trying to motivate him with it. To, you, know, you keep working hard. There's no reason you can't do that. But, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. So so uh, so I think I you know I think he's got gotten, gotten kind of past it now. Uh, but it was a little it was a you know there was a little disappointment. Was was probably underselling it. Um, but but I think he understands that that it's, it's really kind of out of it was really kind of out of his hands, and that everybody that that had a, a stake in making it happen did everything they could. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where we are with it.
0: Those kids on that team are pretty resilient. I know that from you know, yeah. simply coaching them in in game and and uh, practice agen- uh, situations. But um, I can imagine that that. Uh, maybe might take a while to sink in, you know, it's like just how unfortunate it is that all of this got canceled. No, there's nothing to be done about it. There's no, there's, there's nobody at blame. It just, it's a extremely unique situation, but you are missing out on this, on this experience. That's it's, if it's not once in a lifetime, it's very rare. So um, I'm, I'm obviously super proud of him and, and uh, his teammates who made it. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's extremely disappointing to know that they were not able to, to, to take part in that.
2: Absolutely. But yeah. like I said, I think we've got to turn that around to a challenge to to, to um, you know, to try to make it not a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I think he's up for it.
0: I think so, too. Um, and uh, <laughs> I told him so, or at least actually I didn't tell him. So I just made fun of him when he was up in Dallas <laughs> <laughs> at that camp. It was very good to see those guys. Uh, so uh, let's go back to Southside. Um, you sure. explained your role there, at least, uh, at least some part of the role. But uh, it was recently announced online. I noticed uh, the social media. By the way, we should get right. into that, too, because you may have a role on social media there. Um, was <laughs> uh, that they announced that Southside is back at practice at Pearland. Um, share with us what you can about, first of all, what are the restrictions that are going to be in place? What are the practices going to look like?
2: Yeah, so so um, so yeah, we are back at um, it, it, uh, at Pearland starting this week. Uh, we're fortunate to to uh, to have pool space again. You know, we, we actually were back in the water, uh, James. I think probably in in the end of May. I remember. Um, yeah. When Joe restrictions were that. lifted. Yeah, yeah, we got back in for about um, for about a month, almost a month, and uh, and then um, we actually uh, we had a a player um, who hadn't been in practice for a while but tested positive, mm. so we shut down practice for for. Uh, for a uh a couple of weeks right just to be safe you know, just to make sure everything you know kind of cleared away and and the week that we were supposed to return the city closed um okay the city closed the facilities back right so, so we had about a month of practice and then uh, we could have had a little bit more but we you know I, I think we were we did the right thing by just being being conservative yeah um you know so um you know i, I think i don't know all of the uh, of the of the restrictions um you know, I, I do know that we um, are being are we're being afforded more space than we hadn't had in the past. Uh, so, you know, the, when we first got back, there was you know, Pearland's a big you know, 50 meter pool, mm-hmm. and uh, we you know, without COVID, we would be practicing. There's a swim team on the other side and some open lanes as well. Um, we will be the only team in the facility. Uh, we'll have the same you know, kind of fever check, um, you know, uh, uh, symptom check going in. Um, we because we have more space, I don't believe there will be any other. Uh, uh, participants in the pool at the time. So they right. really kind of localized, um, you know, and the, the the local swim team, there peak, we will never see them, you know, not, not for a while. We'll be there opposite times. They will be. Um, and uh, I think, I think, you know, even in the in May, we were still able to, to shoot and pass. And so the question really is, I think um, two things, right? What, what's our, our number limit um, and, um, and, and, you know, how much scrimmaging will we be allowed to right. do? Uh, and you know honestly I'll have to get with the uh, with the uh, the head coaches that have kind of sorted out what that what that will look like. Uh, I think we have enough conditioning uh to to take care of that yeah. we, we could probably go for all without scrimmaging but um uh, you know and, and uh, but but I think I think we'll probably um you know go as far as we can now, I, I, I might have mentioned to you we we actually have we actually found pool space at another pool um that about about two or three days before the city of Pearland let us know that we could move back in. Uh, so we're going to have practice there as well. And I do know that for practice, that's the facility that Pops practices in, mm. uh, the, the local master's team. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that facility allows will allow, um, you know, more more scrimmaging to take place. Uh, but again, you know, we'll do all the paperwork and and, uh, and you know, and we'll limit that as much as uh, to as much as is, is really required till we till we move a little bit further on. So, right. like, I think we're just happy to get the kids back in the water and and um, and, uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll kind of move. Um, cautiously and as, 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 uh, as um, uh, you know, kind of expediently as the facilities will let us, uh, but also be prepared as we have in the past that we may have to Occasionally I take a step back to take two forward, and we I think we're comfortable with
0: that. Absolutely, and this is a moving target. So trying to you know pin down a specific policy that's in place is yeah. slightly ridiculous because we know that it could change overnight. Um. So, but it is I I think it's important, or at least what I'm trying to do is share information throughout Texas and elsewhere really about how these processes work individually. Because I I don't know about you, but I when my club got back in the pool, I was getting call or you know text, social media from people right. saying from all over the country saying you're back at practice how you know how does that work right. and yeah, really exactly. the way it works is my pool said we could and <laughs> and they said here yep. are the rules you need to follow and th- that was that and and other places are like oh no we're not opening up again until uh, the new year so it's it's always fascinating to me to hear how these different programs have uh arranged themselves to uh, at and how creative they've been because you know I went up to a Pegasus practice and they were at a country club that allowed them space right. <laughs> and you're talking about another facility that's allowing scrimmaging and so on so uh very good news but I just also wanted to get the details on that um if you i think you may have spoken to this already really but the process by which you did return to pareland in particular and i'm 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 focusing on pareland just because that was i guess you could call that your main facility yep. but also it's a really popular destination for water polo tournaments and other things like that so um if you have any insights as to how that Change like how is it that the that that facility came about and said okay we're you're we're ready to have you back
2: yeah you know i, I don't have a lot of insight into that i've got you know, some know some, some, uh, some thoughts on it I, you know i can share you know i i think um you know like like you're mentioning right every situation is a little bit different right it, you've got multiple uh constituencies risk profiles that have to be managed you know you've got uh um, the, the the facility itself the facility might be a school district it might be a City facility, big, occasionally a private pool, right? Which are a little, a little more, um, uh, you know, they maybe not held to the same uh, broad standard that you All have right. to for a uh, flexible. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. I was looking for the word to say not not say lax, right? <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but flexible is, is a great great way to say it. You know? And then you know, honestly, the other thing, James, we're seeing is you know you have you have parents and families, right, who um, uh, who are still not quite ready for their kids to go practice. Right, so yeah. so you know even when we got back in the pool, well, I would say we were probably you know we'd love to have been at 100% um, participation, but we were probably more like 75% because you know for for their own reasons, some some families just weren't ready to to send their kid back in, Absolutely. which is again which is understandable. Uh, I, I think what's happened with with um, with uh, Pearland is because it's a city pool, uh, and then there's some there's some you know some overlap or tie-in somehow to the Pearland ISD. Uh, I think the, the, um, uh, originally it was, you know, kind of follow the government's order, right? So when we reopened, it was because, uh, Governor Abbott said it was okay to reopen. Uh, and then when the spike happened in, in, in the, you know, the June, July timeframe, I think the city, you know, rightly, uh, said, we're gonna, we're gonna, just gonna close down until, uh, until we see improvement, right? Um, and so, you know, I think it was probably a function of time. Um, it was a function of back to school a little bit because, uh, the, uh, school swim teams were starting to, uh, use the pools. Um, and I, I think it was the, the, um, again, this is just my thought, uh, that the city, um, you know, uh, heard a lot of the, the, um, the residents say, look, this is important. Uh, it's not just the Fairland Mat, it's all the parks, uh, you know, all the parks. Yeah. Everything. Um, it's an important, right. yeah. It's an important part of, 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 of returning back to normalcy uh, to have the parks and pools open, you know, and, and, uh, we can collectively manage that and, and, uh, uh kind of do it as a community. And so I, I think, um, you know i i there you know I don't, I don't want to discount the amount of lobbying that um that our head coaches you know did i think there was a you know not a daily call but a fairly frequent call to you know when can we get back in so there's a little bit of a you know of um of uh of uh pressure on our side to, to make it happen but uh, thankfully the city the city did and you know open it back up and i think um if we're cautious and we, we you know do the right thing i think we'll be able to uh to be in there for
0: isn't it fascinating, really, about how the, each of these sort of entities is is influenced? That's maybe a polite way oh, yeah. of putting it, but uh, you know, there's certain constituencies in which the parents are going to really drive the processes. And then, you know, you don't have to mention it, but I will. But you know, a, a facility like that, ha- there's political pressure, and in who, who knows exactly who. Well, each locality is going to know where that comes from, but the manner in which it does so is going to change from place to place. But uh, I just find it completely interesting. We're we're obviously Obviously, in uh, you know, new territory, it's like nobody knows what's going on, um, but um, it's, fun, it's, it's both fun and interesting to see how each locality is responding in this way. So that's why we're asking these questions. Um, back to you for a moment. I think we'll get out of here, but uh, you, you are and have been an executive in the IT space for uh, quite a while. But you've carved out time and <laughs> uh, what I would say energy to be uh, an important part of Southside and the Waterpol community. Do you sort of consider it uh, like a way of getting away from the pressures of being a corporate executive, or is it all part and parcel of uh, of, of your life?
2: No I, I, no, I think it is, right? You know, I mean, I'm kind of uh, I'm not quite at the empty mess stage of my life, but I'm not too far away from it. Um, and, um, you know, and I, I, it's really kind of a matter of finding something that you, you know, you enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy, uh, spending your time doing. And, and, um, you know, the, 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 the head coaches at, at, and, and kind of owners at Southside, Kristen and Taylor and Daniel and Austin are just great to work with. I've learned a ton from them. Um, I'm grateful that they've given me the opportunity to be involved. And, and, um, you know, when it comes time to having some free time on the weekend, um, you know, what, what would you rather do, you know, go and enjoy a nice walk in the park or cut up some water polo film? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, that's a, uh, it's, how, how much more clear could that be. Right. Uh, but, but I've enjoyed it. It's given me, you know, look, I don't know that I'll ever, um, um, you know, have it be full time, but, but I've, you know, I've kind of let, um, you know, Tyler and Travis know, look, you know, I, pl- I fully plan on, you know, on, on coaching and being involved way past your playing days, Yeah, get you know, fact, here. Uh, There right. were a couple of times this summer that, um, that, um, tyler and i were running practices together because he coaches the south side too right he's back in the summertime and you know and 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 i think back and it's like you know what was what was the uh the kind of you know awkward high point of a really of a really um monotonous summer and in a couple of those days where where we were you know kind of coaching as peers were a couple of times of and he probably didn't even think about that but but it was for me right i mean so it's a way for me to stay connected to them and, and involved and and um and I'm, I'm more than happy to carve out time. And uh, to your point, though, getting away from, from the rat race, it, it's, uh, it's, also, uh, it's also been a nice part of it.
0: You don't understand what threat you're now under by by admitting that you do film cut up because I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you might, I might, I'm, I I guarantee I'm going to be calling you at some point to go over the way that you do it because I find it very complicated and obviously I, I have at least a little bit of knowledge about technology. I do this <laughs> terrible podcast, but uh, yeah, that's that's stuff that I find actually kind of difficult and have found. Um, you know, some advice that people are giving is really good. A lot of advice people give about doing film analysis is expensive. Like, uh, here's just a little anecdote. Um, you know, Jack Coker was leading a conversation. He's the head coach at Oaks Christian, which is in thousand Oaks. It's uh, North of Los Angeles. Um, I would say a fairly well, well well-endowed, uh, you know, private, uh, high school, um, and he just breezily said, Yeah, we we, uh, we just ask our parents to pay for Huddle, which is the online service every year, which right, costs twenty five hundred bucks. And I'm thinking, My twenty five hundred bucks to my club is like the budget for the entire year. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah exactly. we just don't have that yeah, facility.
2: That- it's like a capital expense, I think, for for us, right? It's something yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you, you you try to cover over multiple years. You know, no, no, I, I think I have I, cut a video the same way that you were mentioning. You, you know, you kind of piece together your podcast, right? Find find the the, tool, the the least expensive tool that you can use and use it until it doesn't work anymore, and then you know move up to the next one. Yeah. Um, but uh, but there, yeah, there's some there's some tools out there that, that are that are make it relatively easy you know for, for me it's still finding those situations uh, and you know gosh you have to you know, you listen to jack Coker for 30 minutes and you'll see you know you'll you'll see a hundred things you wouldn't even have thought of that he's able to point out and so finding those situations for me it's been finding those situations in game where you can really make it a learning you know kind of a teaching moment yep. for kids a learning moment for kids and so uh yeah i find i find uh I, you know strangely you find find joy in that so uh, so it'll <laughs> it'll keep me busy for sure <laughs>
0: Years ago, I actually asked Jack if I could come because his job for USA Water Polo when he was there was to do film cut up. Like his, I don't. It's not his only job, but he did a lot of film cut up for the men's senior, senior national team. And I'd never really been exposed to it so much. And I said, "Hey, can I sit in with you sometime?" And it right. was a, it was a little bit of a, um, you know, far fetched request because you know I live in Texas and he does not. So uh, it it was nothing. It was nothing that actually could happen because we we didn't really cross paths, and I wasn't going to get on a flight to go out there just to do that but the uh, you know for better and worse the COVID thing actually circumvented the whole thing like he suddenly he's doing all of this stuff online and people are amazed like they don't really understand like how how much work goes into film analysis and and so on so yeah Uh, last question is really uh, again you have this IT background you have technology background what do you have any role in the social media that so Southside pushes out there
2: you know, not really. Uh, that's really managed by uh, by the club administrators. Okay. Kristen and Taylor do that. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm pretty active on social media. You know, I've got a, a Twitter list trying to consolidate Texas high school water polo. So if if anybody wants to see that, they can come just find me out there and add yourself to the list. Uh, but I don't want Southside's um, uh, social media, um, uh, but they they do a great job. There's really, really yeah, they active. do. That's it's why I mentioned hard. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, really good stuff. Okay, that's Colby Fames. He's an age group coach and a parent board member at Southside. So, Colby, thank you very much for your time today.
2: Thank you bet, Thanks a lot.
0: Okay, that's it. We're done. Maybe a couple things to cover before we get out of here. Is the, you want to reiterate anything that we talked about?
1: No, the Tiska clinics coming up on, what, September 18, 19, 20? And, yeah. uh, was And um, that's coming up. We got the ODP on September 26th and 27th in, yeah, in Round Rock. Um, then we got the following weekend is going to be the uh, Central Texas Showdown.
0: Showdown, North, that's it. In
1: North Austin. So yeah. people that uh, are going to both the ODP and that are going to get to go to Austin twice.
0: Fantastic.
1: Back-to-back weekend, so it's going to yeah. be fun. It is
0: Round Rock. It's not quite Austin, but still, anyway, it, it, a very nice place. Um, okay, cool. That's it. We're done. Thanks, right, Thanks take again. Care, everybody. Thanks, James. Yep. Thanks again to Colby Thames for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo podcast. And special thanks to our givers who keep us afloat. And if you want to contribute to uh, the cause, go to TXWaterPolo.com forward slash give, son. Until next week, so long from Austin.
1: This has been a production of TWP Sports LLC.